You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Oh my God. Good morning, everybody. Good day. Good night. I don't even know what time it is, but I'm really excited to have you here today. We are with my very dear friend, my favorite musical theater star, and um, probably one of the coolest chicks I've ever got to work with, Barrett Wilbert Weed. Hello, Barrett. Hi, Eva. I'm your favorite. I think so. Nice. <laughs> oh my God. I think so. I, I think I'm your favorite producer, so fair is fair. Thanks, friend. Thanks, friend. I think I'm making real realizations here in quarantine, and I'm no. just going with my emotions, and I'm so excited to talk to you. I'm excited to talk to you, too. I miss you. <laughs> I missed you as well. I got to ask, girl, where are yeah. you? How are you? Tell me um, about things. Okay. I So I'm at my mom's house in Massachusetts in Cambridge. So are, are you taking this moment to discover old artifacts in that, in that old bedroom closet? Like, are you digging up photos and letters and, you know, notes 100%. you wrote? Oh, 100%. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I have found all of my diaries, like my childhood diaries, and some of them are hilarious like ever since I was a child I've had this thing where like somebody will give me a diary or a notebook or a journal as a present and I'll get like two pages in and then I'll immediately buy another one and be like no I like this one better this is the one (laughs) and so I have all these diaries from childhood that are like three pages long and then totally blank and it's just like oh cool so I've always been like this um, but yeah I found all my letters I kept I have all these sweet little I've actually it's been great for my memory of my childhood because I keep finding all these sweet little like love notes from like little boys who I didn't really realize I guess had crushes on me and in my memory I was like never loved and nobody nobody thought I was cute ever and then I'm finding all these letters like oh well clearly that's not true um but I also have found uh, my entire stash of playbills from when I was growing up so um I saved every single one when I was a a kid I don't do that so much anymore but so did um, I so did I yes so I have some like mint condition like 
really well preserved like playbills that could probably be sold as like collector's items at this point (laughs) oh my god that's amazing that's amazing barrett what's so amazing about talking to you right now in addition to every reason is (laughs) this whole podcast of course is about nostalgia and it's about our beginnings and it's about what made us the theater lovers that we became as adults and you're in your childhood bedroom right now so it's kind of perfect (laughs) wild oh before I painted I had to I was taking things off the wall and I had to like pry this like old um this really really old uh poster of Sutton Foster in Little Women off the wall and it had like fully stained the wall like I just taped it up there with like scotch tape oh my god oh my god I think you should whatever little pieces it broke into when you had to pull it off you should photograph and send to her probably just like just dust just Sutton Foster turning to dust in my hands well I think you know this. On my first show, we always talk through four questions, the same four questions every guest, but of course it leads to different answers, different conversations. And the first question is, what was the first show you ever saw? Oh my goodness. Um, Okay. Well, it's kind of it's kind of like a trick answer because I <laughs> I remember the, the first trip I took to New York City, I think I think I was about eight or something. I was like really little and my mom took me and we went with um my two um best little girlfriends and their moms. And um the whole plan was that we were all gonna go see Beauty and the Beast together. Um but I think since mom and I got there a day early, technically the first show that I ever saw was the Scarlet Pimpernel. Oh no. <laughs> but I don't, I don't remember anything about it other than someone got guillotined and I was like, how did they do that? Like it really looked like an actor really put their head in the guillotine and then they really brought the guillotine down, but then he wasn't dead and it wasn't his head. And I still don't, I still don't know how they do that. Theater magic. Theater theater magic. Love theater magic. I remember, I couldn't tell you the plot of the Scarlet Pimpernel now. Like I have Honey, no one can. No. (laughs) Maybe that's why. (laughs) But technically that's the version no one can. Oh, I love you. And, Um, and were you so bummed that that was not Beauty and the Beast or you sort of got it and were accepting oh, no. a Broadway show? That was like, okay, so we ended up going to see Beauty and the Beast the next day, but got it was it. just because we got there the day before that my mom was like, well, let's go get like uh, like half price tickets for, um, for something else uh, since we have like the night free and that's what we got tickets for. So that's what we saw. But what I do remember um, is my trip to go see Beauty and the Beast, which I'm going to tell you about because okay. I have the playbill right now that was perfectly preserved in my childhood bedroom. <laughs> it literally looks like I just got it. Um, so yes, I remember going to see, and it also has, there were some understudies on that day. So also the little understudy slips are in here. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was, um, let's see what year that was. 
Um, okay. This says it's 1996. So that's <laughs> that was when I went to go see Beauty and the Beast. Wow. Um, and I remember it was awesome. Um, and it's an amazing show. I mean, Beauty and the Beast is mm. it's so beautiful. And I think that was like the um that was kind of like the advent of disney like being a major force in musical theater you know for better or for worse but beauty and the beast was was amazing um and i also remember that really well because my my cousin um who is she's more like an aunt to me um but she's my mom's cousin um and she has she has since passed away she had a, a bunch of kind of degenerate degenerative that's a hard word to say um illnesses which really sucked um but uh she was a broadway actress all through um the 70s and the early 80s and she was in she was in the original cast of nine and greece and grand hotel um and she did the she did the tony performance for nine she was the original sarah hina um and so she did be Italian on the Tonys that year. Um, and her name's her name's Kathy Moss, um, and we actually look a lot alike. Like if you actually pull up a, a photo of her, like we have like pretty much the same face. Um, she had a much more like womanly body than I do. Like she's like a, like very voluptuous and like curvy wow. and had, like the butt that I wish that I had, but. Um, <laughs> Like and also like amazing boobs. I just like I'm like wow. What is it like to look like an adult? Um, but uh, yeah. So she she uh, was excited that my mom and I were starting to get into theater, and that specifically like I was starting to get into theater as a little kid. And so um, whenever we'd make these trips to New York, she'd try to make them really special. And she knew um, the guy who was playing. The Beast, and I, his name is escaping me right now, so I'm going to flip through this playbill. <laughs> but... Let's tr- take that trip down memory lane in real time, please. Thank you. Yes. Um, Jeff McCarthy uh, was the Beast. So she knew Jeff McCarthy, and she arranged for him to um, take us backstage, and she also arranged for him to put on kind of like the there was there was like the actual beast makeup that was like the prosthetic mm. stuff whatever and then I have this memory that there was like another beast head <laughs> that was like a, I don't know if it was a joke like if it was just something they had backstage or the backup in case something went wrong maybe I don't know but it was kind of like the like the Disney park version of the head <laughs> and I remember he came around the corner and was like nice to meet you like in this voice and then took the beast head off and I just like burst into tears oh and like through it like was just like terrified like screaming and was like and I think my friend was there too and we were both like ah! just like these little girls like terrified of like this character head coming off and he's like oh no I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry oh my god <laughs> you were traumatized by the beast revealing he's a man rather than the man revealing he's a beast. Yeah, which in retrospect is super messed up. Like it's supposed to be the other way around. <laughs> wow. But oh my um, God. I, there are some really cool people in this original cast who clearly it was like, you know, their early career as I'm looking at this cast list cast list wow can't talk um and it's like 
it's pretty amazing to see like Mark Kudish is in the ensemble. Um, Andrew Keenan Bolger is also in the ensemble. What? Yeah. Andrea Burns. Oh my um, God. The ensemble. Who else? I mean, I'm sure everyone was fantastic, but yeah, those are the ones I'm recognizing. But most importantly, guess who was Belle? Carrie freaking Butler. Really? Yes. And who was my who was my dressing roommate in Mean Girls? <gasps> oh my god! Isn't that the best. Yeah, I keep forgetting to send her this because I found it right when I got to my mom's house, and I was like, I have to send this to Carrie. Like that is wild. Um, you have to send it today. But I, yeah, I do. But I do. I remember she was um, fantastic. Like she, I mean, obviously Carrie's so so talented and so charming and beautiful and all these wonderful things. But I I do remember she was like adorable and her little headshot is so cute. First of all, she is a brunette. <laughs> of course, she had to be. Belle's a brunette. She is so adorable and she's um, yeah, she's a brunette. Uh, she has bangs. And like a little sweet little bob haircut, um, and it's so funny because I only know Carrie as like you know the blonde like kind of like petite bombshell character that you know she is today. But That's how we all know her today. But yeah, she started as a brunette <laughs> belle. Yeah, she has our she has our hair color for sure. That, um, is, that is amazing. What is amazing is. I mean, I, I have to believe that you had the pinch me moments throughout your growth and success and, and evolution as a Broadway actor, but did you have a memory at some point while being in a show with Carrie Butler that she had a formative experience no. She, no. That, she no. that she provided your formative experience? No, I've like, we, I never, I never had like, um, I don't know. We never had a moment where I was like, I bet I, I bet you were who I saw in Beauty and the Beast. Like, nope. I, <laughs> we talked about it and I was like, you know, that was like the first real show that I saw that I have like a real memory of. And she was like, well, I was, you know, in her sweet little voice, she was like, well, I was in that, you know, like, I, I don't know. I wonder if you saw me. I was, I was in that in the nineties. That was one of my first jobs. And I probably, probably did see you but yeah now I have the proof I'm so glad that I held on to this playbill oh and my also this, god this cute baby little photo of Andrew Keenan Bolger is like hilarious like he <laughs> I don't think there's ever been a cuter kid he has like a sweet little blonde bowl cut and that cute little nose that both he and Celia have oh, I and love that nose I know, and like, and he has sweet little like Dumbo ears, like oh my his god, out to the side, and like just like oh, he's wearing overalls, so cute. oh my god, so freaking cute. But yeah, wild. And also, I remember Jeff McCarthy being like Chef's Kiss, like amazing. And then I later saw him in uh, you're in town, and was like, who's that? Like amazing, but <laughs> dude. I love this. This is this is why we do this podcast because of the nostalgia of this moment and the fact that you are in your house and the fact that you are now realizing that it was Carrie Butler that you saw. I'm my mind is blown a bit. Yeah. Also, like I'm I just flipped to her bio and at this point in her career, it's super short. She has like, <laughs> like this I think this was her first like, big 
um, credit, wow. which is so fun. Um, wow. but yeah, I love it. I love it. Next question. Okay. What was the first show you were ever in? <gasps> oh my God. Okay. Um, ever in, well, I was in this kind of like off brand, um, like children's like community theater group. It was called the Boston children's opera. And I did it for like six years. Um, but I started, you had to be old enough to read. And I remember I couldn't, <laughs> but I think I was, we lied. And we, I think we said I was older than I was. I, I believe I was like five. Um, cause I'm like, when do kids start reading? Like kind of like first grade, like kindergarten, first grade, I think. Just depends um, on on how pushy your your mom is. That's 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 how I determine it. My mom has always uh, been a moderate amount of pushy, like <laughs> a moderate push. Been very pushy with me, but a moderate amount of pushy, you know, with the people who were like in charge of caretaking for me. But um, yeah, uh, let's see. So yeah, I was part of this uh this children's opera group what, um, so what was so was it an actual opera that they did or they just called it the boston children's opera because they're pretentious in boston i think that's i think that's mostly what it was but um yeah so we did i mean technically they were operas they were like kind of like fairy tale stories um like traditional fairy tale stories set to the the tune of existing operas but then the person the people who were putting them together um, wrote all these lyrics for songs and every kid had to have a solo. So the operas were like three hours long. <laughs> like every single one I think was three hours long. Like I remember like it's just, it took forever to rehearse. And I remember all the parents like in the back of the room with like, you know, that like the nineties, like camcorders, like set up in the back oh, and like, of course. and just like being, you know, having the patience of, saints um watching these little kids do these operas but um but yeah but my first one was uh sleeping beauty and i was a fairy in sleeping beauty um i believe i was five i think we got me like wings from this dollar store that we went to all the time called benjamin franklin um i believe we got me wings and my mom my mom was a, a professional uh artist like visual artist for a long time. So she has all these like, just like obscenely incredible crafting skills. Um, so I remember she made me, she made me a wand out of excess fabric and like beaded material. And she also made me um, like a crown with a little tulle veil coming off the back. Um, and we still have pictures of me in this outfit. It was like, it was like lit. Like I think all, <laughs> other, all the other little girls were like, cool like what the fuck like Barrett is supposed to be like a little like have like two lines and be a little fairy and she like looks like a million bucks my mom would have done the opposite like what what is the opposite of everything you just described I think it's a I think it's a canvas bag <laughs> that would have been my costume no yes not crafty not crafty that's amazing did Kathy Moss come and see you in Sleeping Beauty no, definitely not. Okay. Um, definitely not. That was like, no, no, no. Um, I don't know if Kathy ever came. Now that I'm thinking about it, because I think she was she was fairly ill for most of my um, life, and um, 
she wasn't she wasn't working too much as an actor by the time I came into the picture, which I think was why she was so excited to like you know facilitate these like special um, things. Um, How often do you think about her career influencing your career? Um, I don't know. I think about her influencing me as a person because she and my mom were so close and when I tell you that this woman was hilarious, like, I mean, Kathy, Kathy was like gut busting, like could make you like, she just had a gift, like a gift for making people laugh. And, um, and so I think she, she impacted my sense of humor more than anything. Like, um, and, uh, yeah. And also just like, you know, my mom's from Texas and um, Kathy's from New Orleans. And this it was just kind of this constant um, sense of like, uh, I don't know, like that, that, that way. Yeah, Southern charm. And also like, just like ridiculous levels of hospitality and storytelling. And like, yeah, Kathy was like an exceptional storyteller like an exceptional entertainer like more than anything I think that was like her greatest skill was like just any anyone who ever met her was just like so like charmed by this woman like she was a very magical person and um she's a a very large um kind of I don't know in influence on my life in that way like I she was my favorite relative as a kid like I just was like when are we going to see Aunt Kathy when like when can we see Aunt Kathy and now of course like I understand that you know when I was seeing her she was really she was really pulling it together for um for my benefit like I I really had no idea. Obviously, how can you when you're a kid know know how much pain an adult is in? But, um, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I my guess is if she influenced your life that much, that's how she influenced your career. Yeah, definitely. Through that way. Through that way. I think. Uh, yeah, I think um, com comedy has always been like a huge um connective force in my life like that that is the number one way that I connect with people is like you know if we have a shared I think that's why you and I get along so well like if we have a shared sense of like what is weird and what is funny um like that's that makes me want to be around people and it also is like the number one way that I can tell if someone's gonna um you know allow me to to be understood like in any situation I think it's also like a really good barometer for intelligence because like I'm I'm of the mindset that all humans are created equally intelligent. We just exhibit that in different ways. And um, I think comedy is like, uh, is how I can tell if um, I'm on the same intelligence spectrum as someone else and if we're going to be able to like connect and work together well or have some kind of a friendship moving forward. Um, Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're a person whose jokes I always get, like, <laughs> like the weird stories. I'm like, oh, please tell me more. Like, just <laughs> my, my jokes largely come from the dad joke ilk. Um, so I appreciate that. 
but that's why but that's what's funny about dad jokes it's like it's not that the joke is funny it's the telling of the joke that's that's exactly exactly the telling of the dad joke that's hilarious because it just it proves that you have no ego when it comes to (laughs) that's right that's right being understood or received well Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Um, Barrett, tell us about, and this is, this is like, this can be any example of, of a paid professional gig. Not even an onstage one, but your very first paid professional show. Yeah, I believe it was this festival show that I was actually the understudy in called fucking hipsters. (laughs) That was literally the, the, um, the title of it. Um, and John Carrothel directed it. Um, but yeah, but the, the lead girl, she was also in a band and she was going on tour. And so there were, there were two performances that she couldn't do. And so they hired me to take over for this girl. Um, and the plot line was was fairly interesting. It was kind of like um, it was like these people are roommates, but they're also in a band together. And the lead singer is in love with the pianist, who is me, but the pianist like doesn't know that and is also in love with him. But then the lead singer gets into a relationship with this like kind of random. Um, grifter type person who fakes a pregnancy and very dramatic and you know like all this kind of stuff you know all you know all in an hour and a half of Um, course and it's i'm guessing it was spelled f pound sign asterisk 100 and hipsters got it but i had to play the piano in this show and the the conclusion that we came to for how this was going to work since I didn't play the piano was that they just unplugged unplugged the piano <laughs> um, when I was performing and then you know obviously like someone in the pit was playing uh, <laughs> playing the piano but um so there was, there was someone's crew duty which was to bend down and pull a plug out of a power socket I had to do it I had to, do it. I had to do it, like yeah like I because they just I remember they were just like oh, how are we gonna do this and I was like you well we're just gonna unplug the piano before the show we're just gonna unplug the keyboard and they were like what and I was like yeah and then I just went around to the back of the piano and like had to like demo like I was like yeah you're gonna pull this out roll this cord up and then I'm gonna give it to someone and we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna do this 
And they were like, well, but won't people be able to tell that it's not plugged in? And I was like, I don't think it matters. Like right. <laughs> suspension of, you know, <laughs> disbelief. Like, come on. Like, um, this is a festival show. But I only had one official rehearsal. And so Jared, my roommate, Jared Lofton, who uh, is in a lot of my my early New York stories because we lived together for five years, he was like, okay, well, why don't you memorize everything, get all the blocking, and we will have rehearsals in our apartment because we had a big living room. And so Jared, my sweet roommate, Jared, would sit on the couch and he would basically just like read all of these parts he with all different voices and like you know he's a super talented guy he would read all of these different characters with all these different voices and i would just like basically do walkthroughs of the show in our apartment like every night like we did it like every oh night god. oh my god that was more, that was more attention that that show got probably in its creative uh-huh. development than 150 percent yes um and yeah, and then I, I went on and I actually, I did a good job. I don't think I, I didn't forget any of my lines and. Wow. Um, did you love that feeling? Yeah. Like from that point on, you were like, yep, this feels right. I'm good. And I want to keep doing this. Was there yeah. some aha moment? I mean, I think I've had a, I think I have had um, many kind of like, you know, I don't ever want to refer to like someone's show that they you know, wrote from their heart as like a practice, you know, swing for me. But that being said, you know, that that show wasn't seen by that many people. And, um, and the next job I got, um, after that show was, uh, Lissa Strata Jones. And I think one of the reasons that they were willing to take a, a gamble on, me um understanding all those parts because I I understudied like four different women um unofficially five I think uh and I was like 22 and didn't know what the hell I was doing and I think one of the reasons that they gave me that job was they were like well you just understudied someone in this like random uh like festival show this summer so like at least you have like some understudy experience and I remember ask them asking me about it in the room being like how was that and I was like it was good I just you know I, I rehearsed in my apartment every day and then I had you know one kind of put in rehearsal and I did it and they were like did it go okay and I was like yeah to my knowledge I didn't I didn't mess up anything so that's so that's good um but yeah I think like there there was a moment um you know, with that show where I was kind of like, okay, I can handle this. Like I can handle, um, like I did that. So I know I can handle that. So I can probably handle this. Um, I was just glad to like, (laughs) to have a job, I think any job, I didn't care what it was, at least the first, you know, few months I was in New York, I was just like, just let me try. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who knew that people would pay you to do the thing you loved? Like that alone is a win. Yeah. And also, you know, I couldn't get, I couldn't get a job in summer stock work, like while I was in college for like love or money. And then I, I came to New York and started doing a bunch of, you know, readings and little development projects and little festival shows and small stuff like right off the bat. And I was like, oh, okay, well maybe I'll work here when I couldn't really work in more, um, kind of like mainstream, uh, consumption theater um around the country but I, I can't get the lead in me and my girl at the 
cornfield community players Uh, yeah I couldn't I mean I really couldn't but it's also like you know when that's all you have when you that's all you have access to and you can't that's what you're auditioning for and they're like no like over and over and over again you're like well I guess I'm never gonna be marrying the librarian and the music band like what am I to do? Um, right, right, and right. yeah, and then you come to New York and it's like, Oh, I, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to do like only new yeah. work. Um, which, you know, that's, it's hard to train students, um, to have a career in new work when, uh, you know, obviously <laughs> when you don't know what that new work is going to be because it's new. Oh, <laughs> right. right. Um, yeah. So that was, that was good. It was a good, experience on the whole but yeah fucking hipsters for the win (laughs) for the win barrett if you could be in any show at any time we're talking dream role here what would it be i you know i really want someone i know that there was a musical of pride and prejudice at some point there was but i i really want someone to make um like a you know maybe I should like talk to some people about this I really want someone to make kind of like uh not spring awakening but you know that kind of like contemporary spin on uh on like an a really old antique piece I want someone to make a version of Pride and Prejudice um that's like that because I would love to play uh Elizabeth Bennett it's one of my favorite um characters She's so stubborn, and I just love, I love a stubborn girl because I'm one myself. <laughs> I think it would be called Prejudice! <gasps> Exclamation point! <laughs> or, uh, fucking Prejudice! <laughs> fucking F pound sign asterisk <laughs> N <laughs> Prejudice. <laughs> I love it. It's actually a pretty good idea. We should talk. <laughs> I know. Listen, I have like, I think I have like three really good ideas a year. And like, and one of them is like an, an idea that's actually possible. That feels like pretty possible to me. It does. It um, does. Yeah, some um, good orchestrations, some good bops. That would be good. No, I love that. I love that. Is that like off, off Broadway? So it's like really grungy? Or do you see that on the main stem? I see that as like um as like a public theater run uh and then you know coming coming to Broadway for maybe like a limited run but then everybody loves it and so then it gets extended like that <laughs> one of those I love that I love that I love those you know that's kind of I mean, that's like the the spring awakening journey um where people were like what the fuck is this shit and then people were like oh this is great like let's keep this running please um i love when that happens so we we have a we have a lightning round at the end of every episode we don't tell you about it okay because you know i like to surprise okay and (laughs) what we do and i love the we right i the the royal we what i do what i fucking do i'm part of this I'm part of it. I'm I'm here for it. That's right. That's right. What we do is uh, we put uh, 30 seconds on the clock. Maybe we put a minute, depending on how well it's going. And I list off classic musicals, Uh classic musical titles to you, and you, in a lightning round, word association way, list off the emotional theme. Okay, ready? Ready. 
breathe in. <laughs> Here we go. Okay. Children of Eden. God. Sweeney Todd. Love. Funny Girl. Beauty. My Fair Lady. <laughs> Bondage. <laughs> <laughs> the Scarlet Pimpernel. Big old question mark. <laughs> Hair. Joy. A chorus line. Pain. La Caja Fall. Love. The last five years. <laughs> Confusion. <laughs> Falsettos. Self-obsession. Hmm. Good. You did great. Thank you. <laughs> I have to say, not everyone does great there. I get a lot of passes sometimes. Much. I think I've, I mean, I think I've, the Scarlet Pimpernel, I've, you know, I've seen it, but neither one of us know what it's about. <laughs> not, not even a little, not even a little. I think, I, for a long time, I thought it was Pumpernickel, so I thought it had to do with a baby. No. no. Yep. The Scarlet Pumpernickel? <laughs> yep. Wait, that's like, I mean... Do you think like Hello Deli has like a sandwich that's the Scarlet Pumpernickel? I think they, I mean, if they don't, they're gonna after they hear this episode. What would that be? That would be like if I owned like a kind of hipstery like sandwich shop, the Scarlet Pumpernickel would be like, oh, easy. Pumpernickel, Pumpernickel bagel. Yeah. Salmon. Yeah. Cream cheese. But maybe like a beet cream cheese. Exactly. A beet cream cheese. Exactly. For the scarlet. Yeah. Tomatoes. <laughs> like a little bit of a dusting of like shredded carrots or like shredded apple or something. I love it. So and then some fun. kind of like a has to be some kind of cheese that goes with a bunch of red stuff. <laughs> maybe a monster. I think a monster. I think an, an orange hued monster. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my God. You, me, and the Scarlet Pimpernickel are going to be having lunch sometime soon, my friend. I love talking to you. Thank you for being with us today. Oh, my pleasure. This was such a great way to start the day. Thanks for having yeah, me. But... You're in utter delight. Um, thank you, yeah. everyone, for listening. My friend, Barrett Wilbert Weed, find her on Instagram. The rest of the world seem to. Um, and have a wonderful day. My first show is produced by Josh Altman, MEP, Dory Berenstein, and Alan Seals, and is part of the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode was edited by Derek Gunther. Special thanks to Leslie Papa and Whitney Holden-Gore at Vivacity Media Group. For more info about the podcast, visit bpn.fm backslash myfirstshow. Follow me on Instagram at Eva R. Price. Just a little change Small to say the least
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.